You're listening to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, leadership consultant and your guide to implementing custom strategies based on your personality type. This is the podcast where you get to evaluate your personal and professional growth and create your best life by growing a business that works for you. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream loudly. I'm extremely excited for this episode. One, because I realize this is a topic that is extremely overdue on the podcast. In order to be the best version of yourself, in order to be successful in your life, in your business, in order to be a billionaire, whatever your goals are, you have to be healthy. And I think a lot of times we take our health for granted, but in order to build wealth, in order to have the energy to do all the things that we set out as women with our goals and our ambitions, you need to physically be able to do it. And so I'm really excited to bring on today's guest, Sabrina, who is a holistic health coach. And she's really going to talk to us today about taking care of our body and our mind so that you can show up and make billions of dollars or whatever it is that your goals are in life and in business. So welcome to the show, Sabrina. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So I obviously want to know how you ended up as a coach, but before we even dive in the health direction, I started out as a multi-passionate coach and helping women to bring all of who they are into their life and into their business. So what is something that's not necessarily a part of your brand, but you absolutely love, you care about it, you're passionate about it as well? Oh boy, that's so hard to say. Cause I feel like you probably know this when you start a business, it's like, it's your baby and it takes in every part of your personality. And so of course, like I've always been passionate about health and fitness and nutrition, but I would say that one thing I'm super, super passionate about is just self-development and being able to become like the best version of yourself, because I know that our potential is infinite. And although like I can't really separate that from my business because it is what I do with my clients. It is, you know, one of those things that on my free time, I love learning about. Of course, I love socializing. I love eating good food. I love going to restaurants, but all of that is still encompassed inside my business. That makes complete sense. And I think that's important for us to recognize is that it does all come together. But I think we also like forget about it. So I'm glad that you focus on the health part because I always <laughs> focus on the self-development, but you're right. They absolutely go hand in hand. So I'm excited for us to dive into that today. So first off, you know, again, you're a holistic health coach, but like for people who might be new to this or have not started their health journey, what does that actually mean? Yeah. So a holistic health coach means looking at a person as a whole, looking at health as a whole. We live in a society, especially with diet culture being so loud, where they kind of tell you to look at one aspect, look at what you eat, follow this meal plan, make sure that you sleep, make sure that you exercise. But those are pieces of the puzzle. And the reason why people struggle so much is because they're only looking at it from one facet. And so what I do is I want you to achieve your optimal health. And in order to do that, we have to look at every part of you. And that goes as far as your relationships with your family, with your kids, your environment, 
your history, how much time you make for self-care, how much time you make for exercise, for thoughts. So I look at a person as a whole, and then I also look at the root cause of why we do what we do instead of just saying, okay, well, I see that you're eating junk food every single day. Let me give you a meal plan in order to reverse that. No, we look at, okay, what are your eating habits and why have you developed it in that way? And a lot of the times it comes down to how we were raised, the way we were taught to eat growing up, the messaging we hear every single day. So it really does look at you from a holistic point of view. I, I think that's so important. So, you know, I'm a single mom of two. We are literally always on the go because I'm also a football mom and a dance mom. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I added dance to my list this year, but it was like, you know, how much more can we possibly be doing, especially after being cooped in the house for a year and a half? I was like, go do everything. Mm-hmm. You're moving on the go, making sure that McDonald's doesn't become that default. Um, Mm -hmm. and finding those other ways. And so like, you know, when, when we connected, I was like, wait, why haven't I had this topic? Because I've had my own health journey and I'm like, but I haven't talked about it. I don't mention like, take care of yourself, do your health workout, but I haven't gone into those details. Obviously I'm not a professional, so I don't want to say too much or say the wrong thing, but I think that's so important to factor in the lifestyle component and not just like, go eat more broccoli kind of exactly as well. Uh, So I'm curious, like what got you started, you know, on this journey that you said, like, I'm going to become a health coach. And again, not just a health coach of go eat this with a meal plan, but really factoring the entire um, person as well. Yeah. So I work a lot with yo-yo dieters. So people who have tried exactly what I described, you know, the meal plans and the, I'm just going to cut out carbs, or I'm just going to spend six days at the gym. And I started off as that person. And I know that you have a lot of entrepreneurs or business women who listen to this podcast. And a lot of the times you create a business to help the person that maybe you used to be. And so I was a synchronized swimmer for eight years of my life, which for anyone who doesn't know the sport, it's a very body focused sport. It's all about how small you can make your body. It's all about being very conscious about what you're eating and looking a certain way. And those were my formative years. It was when I was a teenager and I really I was conditioned to believe that I was only worthy if I was in a smaller body. And so when I retired from the sport, I was no longer an elite athlete. And I was kind of catapulted into a world of how do I eat? How do I eat in a way that I stay healthy? And I obviously, my body started changing because I wasn't training 25 hours a week. And I did what most people do because that is the societal norm is let me go online. Let me find what diet will help me lose the weight quickly. So I did all the things, intermittent fasting, low carb, counting my calories. I did all of them. And I went through the typical cycle of you start a diet, you do it for a couple of weeks, you cave, you eat all the foods, you say, well, screw it. You do that for a couple of weeks. You're frustrated. You say, okay, I'm going to go on another diet. And I did that for a couple of years until I got to a point where I realized 
I'm so, what I think I'm doing in the name of health is actually going against my intentions. I'm more unhealthy than I was when I first started. And I was thinking about food all the time. I was thinking about the way I looked. I was over exercising and I was like, this is not the way to go right there. I cannot keep doing these extremes. I was a super all or nothing kind of girl. I was a perfectionist and I eventually found my way out of that. And I realized being healthy does not mean overhauling your lifestyle. It does not mean putting your life on hold until you reach a goal weight. And then, then what you don't know how to sustain that. And it's when I started shifting my mindset and my lifestyle, and I started living the healthiest life I ever had. And I was like the least, I guess you could say the least concerned about what I was eating and the way I looked. I was like, I need to teach more people how to do this because there's way too much misinformation out there. Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think the sustainability of it is why people fall off of the yo-yo diets. Cause like you can't actually, I mean, I guess there are people who go like on Atkins for life or keto for life, but if you don't have the certain health issues for needing to be put on a keto diet, like it's going to be very hard to stay there. Mm -hmm. Also, when you start thinking about your whole household, like if you individually go on a diet, but your partner or your kids or whoever you might live with are not following that same plan and structure, Mm -hmm. That temptation is literally staring at you every time you open the fridge. So I think the sustainability aspect of it is, you know, huge, especially as women, especially as, you know, working women, finding a way that it, um, I think working from home for me is definitely where I've seen the pounds creep up. I was very disciplined of where I'm going for lunch or what I'm eating and meal prepping um, in the office lifestyle, but working from home, I'm like, it's all looking at me. Yeah. Um, and my kids' snacks are there. So I think, you know, I'd love to hear some tips, some tricks, some some advice that you share with your clients um, on how we can really create a sustainable lifestyle um, surrounding our health with again, like keeping up with the things that we're constantly doing already. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing about diets is it's very short-term thinking. It's what can I do right now? That's going to relieve the pain that I'm in, right? I'm uncomfortable in my clothes. I don't feel confident. I'm low energy. How can I fix this right now? And we don't think about five years down the road, 10 years down the road. Number one, can I still do this? Can I still live this way? And number two, is this actually helping my body, right? You mentioned keto diet. Like if you don't have the medical conditions and I'm assuming 99% of people who do the keto diet don't have, um, don't have epilepsy. They're not necessarily needing to go on a super low carb diet that's not actually good for your body, right? Your carbs are your primary source of fuel. We need carbs. And so number one is whenever you're thinking of a lifestyle change is really important to ask yourself, is this something that I can do for the rest of my life? And being extremely honest with yourself. Sometimes we say, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I can totally do this. 
but knowing who you are, knowing your kind of behaviors is super, super important. Then the next step I would say is lack of awareness is one of the biggest issues that people have in terms of their lifestyle. We live on autopilot so often, like our brain wants to get good at being efficient. And so what it does is what we do repeatedly, we start doing subconsciously because our brain wants to lessen the amount of decisions we make every single day. And so if you're used to getting home, sitting on the couch, grabbing a bag of chips and watching an episode on Netflix, your brain is like, you know what? I can do this really, really well every single day. So I'm going to make that automatic. So I would say that number one would be to become aware of your daily habits and you can do that through a habit journal. So for a week, notice what you do every single day, especially if we're talking in the realm of your nutrition, notice some of your eating habits and notice some of your thoughts around food. Do you notice that you eat really quickly or that you eat standing up, you eat on the go, you're shoving food into your mouth because you're just like, I don't know when's the next time I'm going to be able to eat. I'm just going to eat as much as possible now. So that would be the very first step to start is become aware because you cannot change what you don't know. That makes complete sense. I think one thing that I heard, and I don't know how true it is, so feel free to validate or tell me it's completely wrong. So basically we should still be eating the portions that we feed like a 10 year old. And then the little plate thing that we had nutrition plate, which they keep changing, but the way that we were taught that again in fourth grade or whatever is pretty much something that we should be sustaining. So like meat being the size of your fist and like all of these different portions, is that something that we should keep maintaining into adulthood or is that like completely wrong? So there's definitely some general guidelines that are good to follow, right? Eating more fruits and vegetables as simple as that sounds, it is obviously a good guideline to follow. So I would say in terms of, because everyone is so individual, that's why this is so hard when it comes to health and why a lot of people struggle is because they try to follow cookie cutter advice. And I say to anyone who is struggling with their health, if someone is giving you advice, but hasn't asked further questions about you, about your biology, your history, your lifestyle, run the other direction, right? It's like, as if you walked into a doctor's office, you didn't tell them anything except for I'm sick. And then they prescribe to you some general medication. So it's like, definitely make sure that whoever you talk to knows what they're doing and that they ask you questions to find out about you. General guidelines for sure, though, is number one, make sure that your meals and your snacks are well balanced. So having a good source of protein, healthy fats, so that could be nuts, almonds, um, olives, uh, avocado, cheese, a good source of healthy fat, a good source of carbs. So complex carbs, whole grains, if you can. So you've got the sweet potato, the whole wheat pasta, the whole grain bread, rice, having that source of carb, and then having that fiber and having those, those colors. So vegetables, fruits, 
and trying to do have that balanced meal and snack as often as possible. So in terms of snacks, I would say if you're having, if you're someone who tends to have, let's say an apple, trying to pair at least two food groups. So apple is a carb because it's mostly sugar trying to pair it with maybe a healthy fat or a protein so that it's going to sustain you for longer. It's going to be more of a satisfying, nutritious snack. That makes complete sense. So again, for people that my, my initial question was like, should we be eating the way that we teach our children to eat in school? And basically Sabrina said, yes. And again, health is completely customized, but those general rules and those general frameworks Um, being important. I think that's the exact same thing that we talk about in business, right? You have to do marketing, you have to do sales, but your marketing plan and your sales structure can look different and does get to be individualized based on your business, the industry that you're working in, what your ideal client looks like, all of these different things. Your health works the exact same way. And then I'm just going to call us out as women collectively. Stop overcomplicating and overthinking. Yes. Like if you're hungry, you should probably eat. You should eat some water. (laughs) Like don't starve yourself. Um, And I think that's something that we're so quick to do is say like, oh, well, I do need to lose a couple pounds or I do want to fit XYZ clothes that we go into like a starvation mode, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't help. Um, And I say that from personal experience, just as much as, you know, just kind of being obvious about it as well. But I I really appreciate you kind of sharing um, some things. And if there's any other insights that you think we should be aware of, I'd love to hear those too. Yeah. So I love what you were saying before. If you're, if you're hungry, eat. There, I, I think that one thing that people often do is we demonize hunger. Oh, well, I shouldn't be hungry. I ate two hours ago. But we don't do that when it comes to other bodily functions. Like, oh, I shouldn't need to pee. I peed an hour ago. Like we don't demonize those bodily functions that are there to keep us alive and keep us functioning. But we are so exposed to these messages about you shouldn't eat after 7 p.m. You shouldn't eat breakfast that we stop listening to our bodies. So really making sure that we eat when we're hungry, because what often happens is we'll delay our hunger. We'll eat, we'll drink black coffee. We'll be like, oh, I'm just going to tune out my, my hunger, or I'm just going to drink a lot of water. And then we wait, we wait, we wait. And what our body does is it accumulates this hunger until you eventually do eat. And instead of eating in a pleasant manner and, and stopping when you're full, your body has been conditioned to believe that it doesn't know when it's going to get food again. So I'm going to eat as much as possible, even if I don't feel good, even if I eat more than I need to, so that I can have that much fuel in case I don't have access to food again. So making sure that we listen to our bodies and that we respect the signals that they're sending us. And then another thing you mentioned, you know, what do we do if I do have a couple of pounds to lose and I don't want to restrict myself? Well, this goes back to awareness. Look at what goes on during your day. If you are someone who is often overeating at night, that's a lot of my clients, you know, emotional eating or binging, which I don't love the word because usually binging means eating like 8,000 calories in one sitting, but overeating at night and going to bed, like 
a little bit overly full. Instead of blaming yourself for having a lack of willpower or for lacking discipline, look at what might be causing the binging or the overeating. Did you eat enough during the day? Did you eat enough carbs? If you tend to crave carbs at night, that's usually a body, your body telling you that it hasn't gone enough during the day. Are you emotional at night, right? Is it a reason, like a way of coping with loneliness or boredom or stress? Once you're actually able to take yourself out of the equation and stop blaming yourself for a character flaw and just look at the facts, then, and that's what I do with my clients, then you can go in, get the help to actually how can I modify my behaviors? How can I find new coping mechanisms? How can I change my nutrition during the day in order to maybe reduce that late night overeating? I love that. Thank you. And so the last like main question that I have is because I think when people hear anything related to a health journey, they immediately were like, oh, I'll never have a glass of wine again. I'll never eat pizza ever again. And like brownies are forbidden. Um, and I know specifically you're like, yes, eat the pizza. So I'm curious yes. to hear, how do I get to have the pizza and still make all of these other things um, work and have a sustainable lifestyle as well? Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a question instead. When you tell yourself, I'm never gonna have the pizza, are you ever actually able to not ever have that pizza again? Oh no, I have pizza once a week personally. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's the thing is telling yourself you can't have a certain food results in success, maybe 0.2% of the time. Telling yourself you can't have a certain food is only delaying it until eventually you cave and you, instead of having that one piece of pizza, you have the entire piece, the entire pizza, because what your brain is doing, it's that last supper effect of, I shouldn't be having this. So I'm going to have as much as I can now, and then I'm not going to eat it ever again. And then that goes on over and over and over that again. That becomes a dangerous cycle, which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem isn't eating the pizza. The problem is eating the entire pizza when your body after two pieces is saying I've had enough food, but you feed it more fuel than it needs. And so allowing yourself whenever you have a craving is to, first of all, ask yourself, am I really craving this food or am I trying to feed an emotion? And I hope that this food will feed that. So am I, am I trying to find comfort? Am I trying to distract myself? Am I trying to just eat because I'm bored? So asking yourself, those questions are super important. Like, why am I wanting to eat this food? And let's say you're like, no, I totally am craving this food. So for example, last Friday, I was so craving Ben and Jerry's ice cream. <laughs> so I go to the store and I get my Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I make myself a bowl when I get home. And then when you actually do start eating the food, ask yourself, how does this taste? Is it satisfying exactly the expectations I had about this food? Unfortunately, my Ben and Jerry's was so much sweeter than I expected it to be that I couldn't eat it. 
because I actually was present and connected with my food. And I was like, I, I don't enjoy this as much as I want. And I always say this to my clients, if you love it, savor it and have it. If you don't set it aside. And for me, it just wasn't worth it to have a piece of a a bowl of ice cream that was just mediocre. So I didn't even need to have more of it. I just set it aside and I had cereal instead. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that makes complete sense because we also get into this like forcing mode. And again, like it, there's so many reasons and layers of why these things can be happening of like, well, I bought it. So now I have to eat it <laughs> Yeah, know, kind of thing. And so I'm sure eventually you'll get back to that ice cream or someone else. I'm sure. It, but... And I'm sure one day I'm going to crave something really, really sweet. And I'm going to be happy that I have it in my fridge, but right that night, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. Makes complete sense. So I thank you so much for sharing, um, you know, even personal examples, but these general guidelines for us to really kind of think about, um, because again, like your health is your wealth without your health, you're never able to, I mean, it doesn't matter if you have a nine to five, if you're an entrepreneur or you're doing both, like at the end, you're a mom, Yeah, you just need energy. And that energy comes from our food. And so being able to take care of your body, not just overfill it, um, as well, but doing it, you know, having a sustainable nutritional lifestyle, um, is really important. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, my one last thing, and I think I say it a lot and I know people argue with me, how important is water? Um, very extremely important. And it's funny because that's one of the first things. So I work with my clients on a habit based. So let's look at some of the habits that we want to break, that we want to implement. And one of the biggest and easiest habits that most of my clients struggle with when they come to see me is they're dehydrated. They're not getting enough water. And we stop making the connections of, I have headaches. I have low energy. I'm bloated. I just feel like crap. Instead of being like, okay, well, let's look at your behaviors and what might be causing you to feel like crap. And just drinking water is so important for your sleep, for your hormones, for your digestion. And it's such a simple one. Yeah. So people that know me in real life kind of laugh at me because no matter what's wrong with them, I'm like, well, just drink some water. People are like, my leg could fall off and you tell me to drink water. And I'm like, well, it will help. You, so, someone just got fired and you're like, just drink some water, just drink water. It'll be fine. Um, cry it out. You're going to rehydrate. So whatever those things are, I'm always saying drink water. And I think people think I overdo it, but, um, again, hydration, obviously key, but I, you also talked about digestion. If your food's not digesting, digesting, then like, there's a lot of layers in that. That's also, um, an issue that leads to bloating and leads to fatigue and like so mm-hmm. many other things. So thank you for making and validating my just drink water (laughs) comments. And every time I talk about habits in general, I'm like, you want business habits, drink water and make your bed. And so those are like my two things. Yeah. Um, Make your bed first thing in the morning sets you up for success. That's a big one. Yeah. And it's like, but again, like it comes back to those foundational habits. And so Mm -hmm. if someone's like, this all sounds great, but I have no idea how they get started. Do you have anything that can help them really get going on this journey of like, okay, I'm done with the yo-yo dieting, but I want to definitely take care of my health. 
Absolutely. So if they wanted to take part, I have a free seven day mindful eating challenge. So basically you get an email every single day with a way to reconnect to your eating habits. As we talked about before, bringing awareness so that you can start making those changes. And I mean, the people who have gone through it, it, they've managed to undo some of the things that they've been struggling with for their entire life. So I definitely recommend signing up for that. So I can share the link with you as well. And anyone who wants to sign up, it's on my website. So it's Sabrina Magna. So M-A-G-N-A-N.com forward slash amplify. Awesome. And I'll definitely drop that in the show notes. So definitely partake in this mindful eating challenge. I have already signed up. So by the time this podcast aired, I might complete it like three or four times just (laughs) to make sure I get back on track with my own health goals. Um, But thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Before we wrap up, what is like that legacy? The one thing that you want listeners to remember, maybe they fast forward, even though they're never supposed to, maybe they fast forwarded through this episode. What is that one big thing that they need to take away from today's conversation. If you're someone who's struggling with your health and you've maybe thought about going on the diets and you think that there's something wrong with you, because that's the biggest thing is people blame themselves for failing to stick to their health goals. Most likely there's nothing wrong with you, but with your approach and most likely your approach is not sustainable, which is why it's so hard to stay consistent to it. 95% of diets fail within five years. And so if you're not that 5%, that's okay. And maybe looking at a different way that is going to be kinder, more balanced and more sustainable is going to be your best way to long-term sustainable health. Awesome. Thank you. So everyone has heard me say a million times over self-awareness is the key to your success. And that's not just success in your business, but also on your health journey as well. So go ahead, start that mindful eating challenge. Again, the link will be in the show notes. And thank you so much, Sabrina, for joining today. It was so much fun. Thank you. Are you searching for a simple way to run your business sustainably as you create your best life? Click the link in the show notes to learn about upcoming workshops or speaking events and to work with me directly. I'll teach you my methodology for applying psychology to your business strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can avoid burnout and confidently step into leadership and own your expertise. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. Now go the extra mile and even leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help more women listen in and join our community. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. Until next time, dream loudly.